Hi, and welcome to the Becoming Trauma-Informed podcast, where we help you understand how your past painful experiences are affecting your current reality and how you can shift those so you can create your desired future. I'm Dr. Lee, and both myself and our team at the Institute for Trauma and Psychological Safety are excited to support you on your journey. We talk about all the things on this podcast. No topic gets left uncovered. So extending a content warning to you before we get started. If you notice yourself getting activated while listening, invitation to take care of yourself and to pause, skip ahead a bit, or just check out another episode. Let's dive in. Hello, hello. So today I'm doing something that I have never, well, I should say I am attempting something that I have never tried to attempt before. We're going to try to make this a short episode. So I'm going to go for under 25 minutes. Let's see if we can do it. And this is something I want to start doing more of because I know like the hour episodes are really great and also they're really long. So starting to give you all a little more bite-sized digestible info. So hopefully that feels good for you as well and you'll have some choices. So today we are talking about three of the things that were kind of unexpected to me and that I've heard from a lot of people are like unexpected changes that happen as you go through your own trauma, release, healing, whatever word you want to use, recovery, journey. So these three things are things that I've personally experienced and that a lot of my clients and a lot of my friends who have also gone on journeys to really heal from their own past painful experiences have said like, oh yeah, that's definitely something that I experienced. So number one We're just going to get straight into it. Number one is the way that your body feels. And that's like a pretty generic thing. And for so many people, just literally the way that they feel in their body and the way that their body feels to them fundamentally shifts as they start to do the work of understanding what past painful experiences they've gone through, how those experiences have affected them where they've kind of stored those unprocessed things that have happened to them in their bodies, because believe it or not, our bodies store trauma. And one of the biggest ways I see this happen is a lot of times if people have complex PTSD or people have a lot of trauma in their past that has been unprocessed, meaning a lot of really dangerous or scary things happen to them, whether they were physical or psychological, actual pain versus people threatening the loss of love and safety and belonging, all of those things. As we become aware of how those experiences are causing us in the current moment to keep seeing danger and keep seeing threat in front of us, and as we do the work to like show our nervous system, hey, yes, we went through these past painful events, and like, yes, this person was dangerous, and yes, this particular experience was dangerous. We were hurt here. We were harmed here. Not every experience that looks like that or not every person who reminds us of that person is necessarily going to cause us harm. And so as we start to do the work of changing the way that our nervous system interprets things as being dangerous or not, right? Because a lot of us who have a lot of past trauma Our nervous systems just interpret everything as dangerous. It's like, no, everything's scary. React to everything. As we start to undo that, unlearn that, and create safety for ourselves. So we're like stepping out of this survival mode and into this more relaxed, thriving place. We get really tired. 
because all of these hormones that have just been like coursing through our body for so long, the adrenaline and the cortisol and, and you know, the, the dozens of other chemicals that get dumped in when our nervous system is like super tense and it's looking for threat places and it's ready to respond at a moment's notice as we stop dumping them into our bodies and as our body starts to process where they've been stored, I noticed this personally, I got so tired. And actually what was fascinating for me is that I have recently had this happen again because I'm stepping into this new place of safety, of abundance, of having more than enough money, of having a really, really beautiful, intimate relationship with my husband, of healing a lot of the unhealthy patterns that I had with my kiddos and with my own birth family and all of these things, right? As all of these spaces are starting to get safer and safer and safer, (laughs) my body's like, whoo, we're tired. And in a society that teaches us that productivity equals worth, that can feel really scary to be like, oh my gosh, I'm so tired. I want to rest all the time. I don't want to be doing all of these things. And so there's another little piece of trauma that gets to get healed. Like it's safe for me to just rest and to not be productive all the time. In fact, rest can end up helping me be productive, but whether it does or not, I still deserve it. That was one of the hardest things for me to handle. And it's something I'm still handling. And just like relaxing back into and reminding myself that it's okay to be tired, right? Obviously, we want to make sure that there's nothing physically going on at the same time. And noticing that a lot of my fatigue is around, I have been clenched and tense around money and around parenting and around all of these things for a while. And as I'm healing and releasing all of that, that fatigue is coming from, oh, we're relaxing. One of the other things that I have people say, and this is something I experienced too, is like I started having more in-body experiences. So I lived my life a lot outside of my body. I dissociated a lot. And for those who haven't listened to me talk about dissociation before, which we have an episode on freeze in season two, that's phenomenal. We talk about dissociation there. When we experience dissociation, we check out of our bodies. There's physical sensations and emotional feelings that are happening within our body that do not feel safe, that do not feel good. And so our mind goes, hey, let's just like take you someplace else so that you're not experiencing what's happening in your body. And when we do that chronically over and over, especially if in society teaches us not to feel our feelings, to shove them down, that they're not safe, that they're not okay. We learn, you know, not to be over emotional, all these things. If that is our primary way of operating in the world, as we start to do our trauma journey, as we start to go along this process of healing, through this process of healing, we notice, oh, I'm starting to feel more in my body. My body feels like a safer place to be. And I remember actually describing this to my therapist. I was like, it feels like I'm having an out-of-body experience, but like in my body. She's like, you mean you're feeling embodied? I was like, oh, yes, that is what's happening. That's so cool. That's so amazing. But it definitely like freaked me out because I was so used to worrying about the future or shaming myself around the past and like not living in the present moment in my body, feeling like here and now that as I started to feel that more and more, I was like, this is trippy. (laughs) This is weird. And that probably lasted for me for like a good couple of months after doing EMDR therapy and really releasing and reprocessing a lot of the childhood traumas that I had had. So 
my digestion changed because I used to have a ton of stomach pain and stomach issues and a huge fear of vomiting and getting sick. And now the other day I ended up with food poisoning and I was like, oh, I can tell that like this isn't a nerves thing. This is a, I legit have food poisoning. And also I didn't have that rush and intensity of fear and panic and terror come in my body. And a few weeks ago, I had an actual panic attack while traveling, which is still a place from a trauma perspective that I'm healing. And I was able to notice it and be like, okay, how do I get myself back into my body? Also, I'm not dying. I'm okay. We're good. We've got this. So just starting to notice the changes in how my stomach feels and being able to tell, oh, this part of my body feels a certain way. So that's associated with this past painful experience. And like, I know what I can do in order to help myself feel better around that. So there's just this increased awareness and both living in your body and what things in your body mean. That is so helpful. And honestly, it's, it's, one of, I think, the coolest parts of this journey that I am really grateful for. So the second thing is that our focus and the way that we think and what we think about also changes. This was actually another fascinating experience for me personally, going through my own trauma reprocessing and healing journey. I remember when I first started with my therapist, I was like, yeah, like five years ago, I was evaluated for ADHD and they told me it was just anxiety. And this is before we knew about my complex PTSD. This is before a lot of my childhood trauma memories had resurfaced and I had learned about complex PTSD. And so my therapist said to me, she's like, well, here's what's going to (laughs) happen. We're going to Work together. We're going to do EMDR, eye movement desensitization and reprocessing, aka we're going to reprocess your trauma together. We are going to help you remove a lot of this hypervigilant state that your body is in. Like a lot of your anxiety is what we refer to as hypervigilance, which is like your nervous system is on alert. It's looking for threat all the time. She said, and one of two things is going to happen. Either your ADH symptoms are going to get majorly better or they're going to get majorly worse. And here's why. If your ADHD symptoms truly are anxiety, if we get rid of and reprocess the thing that is causing you anxiety, then those symptoms will go away. If you have complex PTSD and you have neurodivergence associated with that, because complex PTSD humans, our brains can look like the brains of people who have autism and ADHD and other forms of neurodivergence because complex PTSD is acquired neurodivergence, meaning that if we have to change the way that we are consistently thinking and showing up in relation to the world in order to be safe, that changes the way that our brains work, including our executive function, which is a huge thing for ADHD. Sure enough, we went through therapy and... I, at the end, was like, oh my gosh, my ADHD symptoms are so much worse because now that we've removed my need to be hypervigilant, now that I feel safe in my body and feel safe in the spaces that I'm in, my executive dysfunction is through the roof because all of this hypervigilance was helping me focus. And now that that's gone and now that I am working less and I have more time available to me, I'm not under pressure all the time, like... I am having such a hard time focusing. I am super impulsive. I am having some auditory processing issues. I'm having more sensory issues. 
So I went and got my ADHD diagnosis and realized that like that was really what was going on. My hypervigilance just helped me with that so much of my life. So I tell people that I'm like, just know that sometimes the hypervigilant state that we're in that helps us like look for threat also helps us stay focused. And so your focus might change. It's like that fatigue piece, right? That hypervigilant state helps you stay pumped up and ready to fight at any moment. And once it's removed, we can get really tired. The other thing that happened from a focus perspective is I just really noticed starting to have so much more compassion and so much more understanding for other humans. And, you know, this went along with the work I did to become trauma-informed, but really I did the work to become trauma-informed before I actually went on my own healing journey, which a lot of people don't know. So I became a certified clinical trauma professional and understood all of this before I had my own emotional flashback and memories resurface of my own PTSD experiences. So as I went through this, what I really noticed was I couldn't see the world in black and white anymore. And I never saw the world starkly in black and white, but there were things that I had very, very like strong opinions on about what people should and shouldn't do. And, you know, what made somebody wrong and what made somebody right and what made somebody a bad person and what made somebody a good person. And now I just noticed that so often when I see somebody do something that hurts or harms someone else, my first thought isn't like, oh my gosh, like why did they do that from a judgmental place? It's like a goodness gracious, like what has happened to this person that this is how they respond to the outside world, that this is how they react to other people, right? It's that saying hurt people hurt people. And I knew that before, but like that really dropped in when I saw what I did and how I hurt and harmed myself and other people from a place of being traumatized. And so it just made it so much easier to have compassion and understanding and empathy for other people who were hurting and harming others, because what happened to you for you to be able to do that, right? So that was the second piece. And then the third piece was there was so much that I thought was true before I went on this journey that now I'm like, wow, that's that's not how it actually was, right? And I see this with a lot of people, especially with their parents and with their birth families or with the people that raise them, right? So this could actually be birth families, people that you're genetically related to and or the people who raise you, who have an influence on how you turn out as a child whether that's the people who birthed you or not, the people you're related to genetically or not. And when I was a teenager, and I'm sure a lot of you have had this experience, I remember thinking my parents were like stupid when I was a teenager. My 12-year-old kind of thinks I'm stupid now. And then I remember growing up and being like, okay, I can kind of see where they're coming from, but still like, I don't get why they did things this way, or I don't understand why my elders did this. There was a lot of, oh, you know, in the flip side, like, oh, this was great. This was fine. You know, this went really well. I didn't have trauma here. Nothing bad happened in this area of my life. And then learning more about what trauma is, I was like, oh, actually, the way that I experienced this was like deeply traumatic or this thing that this person did was deeply traumatizing. And also, again, what happened to them? How were they raised? How were they taught? that that was how they responded to me. 
So it did two things. One, it really kind of helped me take off this pair of glasses that I had been wearing that was just distorting my vision of what was good and what wasn't and what was bad and what wasn't. So it caused a lot of clarity to happen quickly, but then it also caused a lot of confusion because when you start seeing things in a different way, all of a sudden, that's that feels very disconcerting. That feels very jarring. So what I think was something that I wasn't expecting was to be able to see other people's sides and to be able to see like, oh, this, I've been telling myself that this situation that happened was normal and fine. And like that wasn't normal and fine. And also I can have so much compassion and grace for the other person in that experience because of what they went through as well. And then the third unexpected thing that I I think happens as you go on this journey of trauma healing and reprocessing is how your relationships change. And it makes a lot of sense, right? If the way that you feel in your body changes and the way that you think and the way that you have emotions and the way that you look at the world, your perspective changes, it makes natural sense that your relationships are going to change as well. As you become more aware of who has hurt and harmed you in the past and how you want to set boundaries with those people, how you want to relate to those people in the now, those relationships are inherently going to change because you've changed. And so I think a lot of people are hesitant to do this work because they're afraid of losing people. They're afraid of their relationships changing. And one of the things that I remind my clients of a lot is If you becoming more healthy and healed and aligned and grounded and regulated and just feeling better causes you to lose someone else's love, safety, or belonging, you didn't have love, safety, and belonging with them in the first place. There were conditions based on how you had to show up in order to get love, safety, and belonging. So if you change in a way that feels right for you and someone else does not like that, That is not a you problem. That's a them problem. And that still feels really scary. It still feels really scary to lose love, safety, and belonging, even if it's not true love, safety, and belonging. And so I tell people a lot, like, as you change that focus, as you start setting boundaries, as you start showing up differently, as you start having different conversations and seeing things different, like, My viewpoints changed politically, my viewpoints changed religiously, my viewpoints changed sexually, my viewpoints changed economically, my viewpoints changed in so many ways as I really looked at how my perception of the world was based in threat and based in fear. And a lot of people, as I started to change that, like did not like that. Or they no, it no longer resonated for them. And there were a lot of people that I went to re- with really strict boundaries and said, hey, this is what I need from this relationship. And if that's not something that you can provide, that's totally fine. And also, I'm going to distance myself or remove myself from this relationship. That was really hard. And that was really scary. And one of the biggest relationships that changed for me and in our house is the relationship between me and my husband. Because... I started doing my trauma work and then a year and a year, year and a half later, he started doing his and we both realized, oh yeah, the way that we have connected and bonded with one another is really codependent, is based in trauma, is based in fear and threat and 
fear of losing each other's love, safety, and belonging. And like, this isn't how I want to show up anymore. And it, it wasn't how he wanted to show up anymore. And so that was a very painful process to figure out how we were going to relate to one another moving forward. And I was really blessed to have a partner who was willing to do that work too, who saw the benefit of me doing that work and was like, okay, as painful as this is, I need to do this work as well. And for some of you listening, you're like, wow, my partner would never do that. And like, that's something that I thought too. I was like, I don't know if my husband's ever going to do this. So I just want to put that out there for you. If you're listening to this, we don't want to make assumptions about our partners because it's really about us doing the work. And if that human then decides that it doesn't feel good for them to do the work, that's their choice. And just witnessing you, if it does feel scary to do that because of the potential loss or shift in the relationship and encouraging you that and and letting you know that I have yet to have a client who does this work, who has a relationship change or has a relationship dissolved that they're like, yeah, that wasn't worth it, right? Does it suck? Yes. Is it painful? Yes. And is it better in the end? Yes. So I just want to offer that piece of encouragement for you. If you've been thinking about really looking at, okay, yeah, the things that have happened to me in the past are like affecting how I'm showing up today. And I don't like that. And I don't like the way I feel in my body. And I don't like the way that I relate to certain people. I don't like the way that these relationships feel. And it feels really scary to change those, like just witnessing you and also encouraging you that it is, if that feels like the right thing for you to do, that it probably is. So the last piece of the relationships is just also starting to notice like how it feels to be around certain people, right? I started noticing like, I don't want to be around people who are consistently in scarcity mode because that takes me back into scarcity mode. I don't want to be around people who are disempowered because while I can be so compassionate and honestly, I am happy, so happy to be in community with people who feel disempowered or are showing up in ways that are disempowered in terms of my work, because that is my work is helping people become more empowered. And in my friendships, in my business relationships, in my intimate relationships, I want to choose to surround myself with people who have a empowering outlook on life, meaning that they recognize that they don't expect bad things to happen to them. And they know that bad things probably are going to happen and they trust that they're going to be able to handle it. So that is something that is really, really important to me now that I've gone through this journey is to make sure that I'm not surrounding myself with people that from a personal perspective that struggle to own their own agency and and take responsibility for what's happening to them. And also I want to be so, so clear that like, if you're somebody who struggles to do that, we would love to help you at the Institute because the way that we have more important people who feel empowered in the world is by institutions like ours helping people feel more empowered, teaching them how to feel more empowered. So so those are my three things. I think I made it under 25 minutes. I'm so excited. Do us a favor. If you enjoyed this short episode, please just take the extra time that you saved and shoot us a quick note. You can DM me on Facebook, Lee C. Cordell, or you can send us an email at hello at instituteforchrauma.com. Those links are down in the show notes. I would love to hear from you and wishing you all a fabulous week and we will see you next episode. 
Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Invitation to head to our show notes to check out the offers and connections we mentioned. Or you can just head straight over to instituteforTrauma.com and hop in our email list so that you never miss any of the cool things that we're doing over at the Institute. Invitation to be well and to take care of yourself this week, and we'll see you next time.